0: folks,
1: and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. We hope you have a wonderful time.
0: Five, four, three, two, one, showtime!
1: Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. That's the plot for our movie this episode of TRN Drive-In. Welcome everybody and uh this is kind of a special uh, edition of the podcast as you are listening to this on release day. It is the 30th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 and uh I say it's a special edition because we have three other turtles with me here today. <laughs> We've got uh Gary. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Who is your favorite turtle? Um, you know, I probably like Donatello the best. Donatello, okay. We've got uh Stacy. Cowabunga. <laughs> Who was your favorite turtle?
0: Mikey, hands down.
1: Mikey, yeah. He's the he's the popular one, and uh, my pal Wyatt joining us for the first time on the drive-in. How you doing, bud? Good, but I I can lose my mind like Raphael. That's my <laughs> guy that I like. He's okay. he's all over emotional, so I
2: kind of like can actually can can sympathize with him.
1: Okay, well, since I'm the host, I'll be uh, Leonardo tonight. How about that? Round out the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got uh, a fun show. We're gonna go back and. Uh, just relive the movie, uh, talk about our experience with the movie, and uh, do what we do here on the TRN Drive-In, which is uh, just go through all the highlights, uh, lots of facts about the movie, the box office, uh, some critical reviews, and then we're going to give out our awards. Our favorite scene, favorite line, the uh, MVP as we call it, and also the who uh, stole the movie in a minor role. So those are kind of our awards, and then, of course, our Did You Know Facts are coming, and then uh, it's going to be a little bit different tonight with trying to come up with the next incarnation because it's been uh, pretty much done any, <laughs> every which way but loose, uh, the Turtles. But we'll have fun with that and uh, even talk about some casting what-ifs that I found online. So lots of great content tonight in this uh, episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Let's just start off the show by essentially talking about the movie in general. Let's go over some of the cast and crew highlights here. Of course, the uh, star or at least the uh, lead actor in the movie is Judith Hogue as April O'Neil, who plays the uh, reporter there for Channel 3 News, which I think she was Channel 6 in the cartoon. I can't remember. Okay, thank you. We've got uh, Elias Cotes. As Casey Jones, the uh, streetwise vigilante and former ice hockey player there. We've got Jay Patterson as uh, Charles Pennington, April's boss. Michael Turney as Danny Pennington, who's Charles' teenage son. We follow uh, a lot there in the movie. Raymond Sarah as uh, Chief Stearns. James Sato as Aruku uh, Saki, or the Shredder, obviously, as we know him. Um, we've got, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher this Toshishiro Abata as Tatsu And then we've got a fun little, almost cameo appearance uh, Or before he was famous, Sam Rockwell As one of the uh, head thugs there of the Foot And then we got Skeet Altrich and Scott Wolf Actually appearing uh, uncredited as members of the Foot Clan If you kind of pick them out But, um, of course, the Turtles themselves were uh, actually acted. uh, The people under the makeup were different than the people that were voicing the characters, which is uh, pretty fun. We've got uh, Brian Tachi as Leonardo. He was the voice actor for Leonardo. And then we had – and then inside was Martin P. Robinson – and uh, David Foreman was it's actually two people that was, uh, there was the person that kind of worked the face and the person that was the in-suit performer. So Martin Robinson was the facial guy, and David Foreman was inside the Leonardo suit. And then we had Corey Fellman as Donatello. And uh, inside we had uh, Leif Tilden, and David Rudman was the facial person for Donatello. Josh Pius was Raphael and he was actually the one inside performing Raphael as well with David Greenaway as the uh, facial person there. And then Robbie wrist as Michelangelo and Michelangelo was performed by McAllen Sisti and Mac Wilson was the facial assistant on him. And then we had Kevin clash was splinter and uh, also I guess part of the puppeteer puppetry there as well with uh, Ricky Boyd and Robert Tigner as uh, assistants on them. So very interesting that we, there's so much to go in behind that. And I've got some interesting facts on, uh, some of the puppetry and where all that came from, but let's just go around the room. Uh, let's start with Gary and how old of a movie is this for you? When did you first watch it?
3: I first watched it in the theater when it came out. Um, I'd have been probably a junior in high school when it came out, Uh and we had five theaters in my hometown, so there wasn't a lot playing this time in March of 1990. Uh, I'm trying to think what was in the theaters at the time. I know The Hunt for Red October was a huge movie then, and I saw that one in the theater probably four times, and so by the time Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, I was ready for a different movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> I would have went and saw this one in the
1: theater. Okay. What about you, Stacy?
0: Oh, I would've been 11, so beginning of middle school. Mm-hmm. Um I remember going to see it with some friends and their parents. Like we went, I think we even went out for pizza and then would see the movie at the mall. And yeah, yeah, so it was, you know, very perfect kind of
1: night. Yeah. What about you? Wyatt? do you remember you're watching it in the theater?
2: I do remember watching it in the theater. I would have been about, uh, probably 14 or 15 at the time. And the problem, Jason and I grew up in the same hometown. So I don't remember if it was him that I went to see it with or our mutual friend leaf that I went to go see it with. Mm -hmm. But, But, uh, I went to go see it at the Ritz Theater, in the only theater that's in downtown Clearfield. (laughs) Right. And and, uh, (laughs) in fact, I think that's one of the ones that was the long line that we described in one of our memory jogger podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember too exactly who I saw with. I would, if I had to guess, it would have been you. And yes, that Ritz Theater, we had two choices there, so two rooms. uh, It was uh, it was definitely in the theater when I saw this, and then of course you know once it came to home video too, uh, I likely rented it many times, and I remember seeing the sequel in the theater as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh, I think so everybody on the line we've been uh, fans or uh, of the movie for a long time now since it first came out, and we were in that kind of middle school early high school years when uh, when that was. Uh, released Uh, just speaking about the legacy of the movie of course the by this time we had the the comics of course was what started the turtles and then the cartoon series was out i don't remember watching a lot of the turtles cartoon series i caught it here and there i had my kind of favorites that i usually went for you know like transformers and gi joe and the usual afternoon ones, but I had several friends. I remember coming over to their house and watching, getting into the turtles and uh, never had any of the action figures or anything myself, but uh, curious to see uh, if you guys had been watching the cartoon series and maybe that pumped you to, you know, go see the movie. So anybody remember any kind of situation like that?
0: I remember my friend, like my best friend who lived across the street from me, her little brother Watched the cartoon. And that was kind of the reason we went to see the movie. Because I watched some of the cartoons with him. And was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, I'd be I'd be okay with going to see this in the theater.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to watch the cartoon. Um, I can't remember what channel it was on. But it was after school. And when I'd get home from school and pretend to do homework, I'd have this show on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How big were you in the, the cartoon series, Wyatt? I was pretty big. I was one of the
2: fans um i did watch it quite frequently did not know the comics of course i didn't know much about the comic world uh for many years i knew it existed i'll call it that but i just uh-huh. was never a fan of it but i remember watching it like you i like you i can't remember what what channel would have been on but i it was one of my top favorites mm-hmm. that I was you know made a point to watch and that's what drove me to go watch the movie yeah And then it ruined me because I kept critiquing the whole freaking movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm anxious to hear uh, your critiques. We'll get to that, of course. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like I said, I I remember, you know, there being a pretty big hype around it and, you know, seeing the trailers and everything and and getting to see it. And I thought it was fun. had a good time. Uh, Of course – It's uh, We'll get into some of the facts and everything behind the movie, but it was a pretty huge commercial success. And then we've got The Secret of the Ooze that came out a year later in '93. The uh, third movie was released to theaters. Uh, Both of them were a little bit smaller take at the box office. And then after a 14-year absence from the theaters, the fourth film, TMNT, was released in 2007, which was the uh, CGI animated movie. And then seven years beyond this, we get the rebooted series in uh, 2014 with the Turtles and then the Out of the Shadows in 2016. So that's kind of the legacy of the film history behind the Turtles. Um, just real quick, uh, what do you guys think about the rebooted series that came out? Uh, have you watched both films and, and and kind of your quick thoughts on that? Uh, Wyatt, you go ahead.
2: Well, I liked the the first, I'll call it the one, two, three, with with the where their puppets basically suits, yeah. and I liked it. I did watch the TMNT CGI version, and and I thought it took away because I was looking for I knew it was CGI, I knew what I'd be watching and going into, but I still was looking for that real life, that real feel that that you had mm-hmm. from the others, and the reboot the the cartoon series that's come out recently i've mm-hmm. only watched it a few times and and uh i guess i'm jaded i got used to the original cartoon and it was just i don't know if it's the story i don't know if it's just the new animation i i was not a fan i'll call it of, mm-hmm. of the new stuff but i'm looking through it at adult eyes not you know 11 year old 12 right. year old eyes either <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's actually been, I think, two cartoon series in the last, uh, I don't know, several years uh, from Nickelodeon. What about uh, you, Gary? Uh, have you been a fan of the, the Turtles all along the way? For
3: the most part, yeah. I, l- I love the, the original trilogy. I saw the CGI 2007 movie. I have not seen the 2014 movie or the sequel, okay. so I can't comment on those. Um, the new cartoons that come out, I can tell you my 10-year-old son loves them. <laughs> and I've watched them, and they're okay for me. I'm not a fan of the animation style that they use, but I mean, that's kind of that's the way animation is going these days. I think that's that's right. But uh, overall, I'm still a fan of the turtles, and and the new stuff is it's still drawing in kids, which is probably what you want, not adults. So right. it's doing good. What about you, Stacy?
0: Yeah. So I, I was actually thinking about this when I was rewatching the the first movie. I have seen the other two movies and I remember liking them, but I don't know that I've seen them very much. Definitely not as much as the first one. Um, I have seen the 2007 one. I think I saw the first, the 2014 one. I'm not sure I've seen that second one. Cause I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't know that I didn't connect with, with uh, yeah. the yeah. the live action. I will say I'm, a big fan of the Nick turtles. Uh, the first, the first one they did that, that series was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm more of a Ninja turtles fan now than I was when I was, when I was younger. So I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know.
1: There's actually a channel on Pluto TV. That's a 24 seven channel for that series, which is pretty cool. Really? Uh, yeah, that, uh, I, like I said, I remember seeing The Secret of the Ooze in the theater and being pretty excited for that. And, you know, I was, I was huge into Vanilla Ice. So that <laughs> – <laughs> I'm sure that had something to do with it as well. But it was uh, – I remember walking out a little bit, uh, scratching my head with the – we didn't get Bebop and Rocksteady. We got uh, Toca and Razor, whatever, the other two that – uh That was created from the mutagen in that one, which uh, was different in a, you know, I guess in a a good way. But um, I've always loved Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, I don't remember much about the third one. I think that's the Turtles in Time. Is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah. I bought the DVD, which has those three and the TMNT movie from 2007 on it. And I've watched them all, but the first two are... Or kind of my, you know, if I'm gonna go back and watch the turtles, I'm gonna watch the first two. Uh, I have watched both the 2014 and 2016 movies, and I actually watched them a couple times. The first time, I, I managed to get through. You know, the first one, I was like, eh, it's okay. It's got some good action. wasn't big on uh, what's her face is April, Megan Megan Fox. Uh, Megan, Fox, Megan yeah. Fox. she didn't she didn't connect with me as an April. But I think that's the one where the, – the, the best scene f- to me was they're going up this long elevator at the, to, to face Shredder at the top of the building. And it, you just hear this music, and it's – and they're just kind of sitting there. And then all of a sudden they break out into this, like, improvisation thing. Somebody starts tapping. I think Mikey maybe starts tapping on his nunchucks, and then they break out into this whole, like, jam Going up in this elevator, and then they open the doors, and right there's the foot clan, and you know they gotta kick butt. But um, I was able to get through it. The second one I thought was great. You got uh, the live action Bebop and Rocksteady, which I thought the actors that they got to do both of those were really good. I was a little disappointed at the end. Shredder, just this is kind of a spoiler to some of the facts to come, but the first movie is the only one where Shredder actually does any kind of martial arts. He doesn't do any kind of martial arts in any of the other movies. So you're like, we, we want a little bit of a battle. And then the second one, you get Krang and Krang is fun. It's a fun character. It's voiced really well. Brad Garrett actually did the voice of Krang in that movie. Um, who's the, the big brother on everybody loves Raymond. And he's been a voice actor for a long time too. But, um, anyway, I had fun with the second one. It, It was just a fun movie. And, uh, Will Arnett uh, has kind of grown on me a little bit. Uh, I, I love the uh, Lego Batman movie. He you know, he does Batman, uh, and he has kind of grown on me as an actor as well, uh, a lot because of that movie, uh, and he was in the first one too. But um, anyway, I, for what it's worth, Out of the Shadows I thought was, was pretty fun. I think you all should check it out as well um, and see if – I know, Stacey, you didn't <laughs> maybe didn't connect with the first one, but give the second one a shot because it was fun i'd I enjoyed it a lot better but uh do you guys have any like traditional viewings of the movie i really don't it's just kind of uh oh yeah the turtles and i'll go and and go watch the you know the first two movies it's not like on any kind of regular basis but do y'all ever break it out on a regular basis
3: i do no. not i don't have no. any uh and it's never yeah. really on tv as you know like on any tv channel like all the other movies seem to be where they're you know, you can just be flipping a channel and find it it's never yeah. on so it's uh when i watched it for this it was the first time in a long time
1: anybody else stacy
0: i don't i don't i i before this i happened to see it was on netflix and thought oh we should watch that sometime so i mean it, you know it's a thing <laughs> that when it pops up i think oh that'd be fun and then just never do which is most of the time right. on netflix it's like oh let's just watch Another episode of The Office that I've seen fifteen times.
1: <laughs> Why do you have a regular rotation for it?
2: Unfortunately, no. And like Stacy, it was more like, "Oh, hey, they have it on Netflix." But I watched it during tax filing season, so that's about <laughs> the most entertainment I got out of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anybody own the soundtrack back in the day?
2: No.
3: No, nope. I-, I did. So you I did. For- I worked at Pizza Hut when uh, this came out. Oh, and nice. Pizza Hut had a huge push for... I don't, and Domino's is in the movie, but for whatever reason, Pizza Hut won all the marketing out in That's the real right. world. That's right. And yep. uh, so I think if you, you bought a pizza or some kind of pepperoni pizza or whatever, you got like a free soundtrack with it. So we had the cassette tapes everywhere. <laughs> so uh, I may or may not have gotten one of those through ordering a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and the original ones that came out were... Uh, colored versions so they had they were the color of the turtle masks red oh nice green Uh and purple and then i think the second run of the cassettes they all they were just a normal cassette i think the clear black gray color but yeah the original ones had kind of a shtick for the color of
1: the turtle masks very cool yeah i did not own the soundtrack uh stacy did you have the soundtrack back then
0: I didn't, but I will tell you, one of our local record shops has a 12 inch single of the Technotronic song, and now I'm kind of regretting that I didn't buy it. <laughs> so, don't get it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
1: I want to say I had the k- single of Ninja Rap. I could be wrong about that, but like I said, I was huge in the Vanilla Ice, so that would have been like on permanent rotation back then for me if yeah. I had that thing, but. I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, so let's go into some uh, just facts and stats about the movie. And uh, y'all chime in anytime you you want to here. It was released March 30th, 1990. Runtime of 93 minutes. Rated PG. It was actually overlooked by several, several studios. Uh, including Walt Disney, Columbia, MGM, Orion Pictures, Paramount. Who actually owns the, uh, the rights to it now. And Warner Brothers, they all turned down the film for distribution. They were worried that despite the popularity of the cartoon and the toy line, the film could potentially be a box office disappointment like Masters of the Universe just a couple of years prior. The film did find distribution roughly halfway through the initial production via then the small and independent company New Line Cinema, which up to that point was known for distributing like B-movies and arthouse films projects, but uh, it became the highest grossing independent film of its time until the Blair Witch Project surpassed it in 1999. It's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. The um We'll get to the budget here. Released that week was Pretty Woman. Same week as The Turtles. It was released also with a movie called Opportunity Knox with Dana Carvey. This was like his first oh, yeah. Lead role in a, a movie. I've never seen that one. And then also the beach volleyball movie Side Out. I uh, have not watched <laughs> that one either. Those all came out the same uh, same week. I've seen but Side
3: Out, but it wasn't in the movie theater. That one never came to our theater.
1: Okay. I remember
2: seeing that uh, Opportunity Knocks on um, HBO.
3: Or, oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Showtime.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was back when yeah. Dana
3: Carvey was still a big big comedy name, still on Saturday yeah. Night Live. It was
1: actually and, pretty yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I did own the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. A lot of people <laughs> did, yes. Yeah. Um, the Turtles movie did not have much competition uh, beyond that until May, when we got Bird on a Wire. We uh-huh. got uh, Cadillac Man, which is a favorite nice. of Wyatt and mine. <laughs> Who, Judith Hogue is also featured in that movie, if you remember. The, she's <laughs> uh, Larry's the no-crap guy, you know. You remember that one? <laughs> I
2: she remember that, screaming. but I can't place yeah.
1: her in there. I'm gonna have to watch it again. <laughs> that's that's April. That's her. That's, that's, yeah, but screaming. I can't place yeah. it. Yeah,
2: watch it again. Another excuse.
1: <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, and then later that May, Back to the Future Three was released. So there's your uh, kind of competition after a couple months. But it had a nice run. It was number one at the box office over its uh, first weekend. And it grossed more than 25 million that opening weekend, which was the biggest opening for an independent film at the time. And it was number one for four weeks straight. Eventually, made over 135 million in North America and uh, another 66 million foreign, for a total of about 200 million, which was the ninth highest-grossing movie of 1990. So it was uh, it did gangbusters. We could essentially say at that time it would go on to uh, VHS via Family Home Entertainment in uh, October of 1990, and then we got the DVD in 2002. Just had a, only a few uh, special features with the with that release and the trailer, and then uh, 2009 was a uh, 25th anniversary box set which was a DVD and Blu-ray. And, uh, also there's that, um, DVD set I was telling you about that I have with the other three movies, the two movies, and then uh TMNT, but it's, it's weird. Only in Germany in 2010, did they get some more additional like special features, including audio commentary by the director an alternate ending. And then there's also some alternate takes, uh, throughout the movie. And we'll get into some of those, uh, Scenes and stuff uh, here in a minute, but uh, I I don't know why Germany. Okay, <laughs> why are the turtles so big in Germany that they get uh, all these special features on their you know home video releases? Uh, another weird thing was that uh, Michelangelo's like nunchucks were edited out in I think it was the UK and also in the German release, and I I don't know what the significance of that was, but. <laughs> They it Just for be, some reason, didn't like his nunchucks. Well, That's it could weird. be
2: it was illegal in some countries, just like the the ninja stars. There's actually well, like <laughs> back in the day, they were like illegal, and that could have been
1: good point.
0: Well, so and, I wonder if they edited the like you... Bruce
3: Lee movies. They have <laughs> I mean, he's got a, the most famous scene in his movie is with nunchucks. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: And in the the UK, the Ninja Turtles are not Ninja Turtles; they're Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something, I don't know That's what it is about the uh, ninja culture or that culture that um, is kind of taboo over there. It's it's kind of weird. Okay, well, let's get on. We're going to uh, talk here quickly about uh, some re- uh, critical reviews of the movie. Uh, well, mainly just one. I wrote one down here from uh, who was the uh, probably the most famous reviewer back in the day, Roger Ebert. Actually gave it two and a half out of four stars. Here's his quote. I did not walk into the screening with a light step and a heart that sang. For that manner, I did not walk out afterwards with my spears renewed. But this movie is nowhere near as bad as it might have been and probably the best possible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. It supplies, in other words, more or less what Turtles fan will expect. The Ninja Turtles, subways, pizzas, villains, a rudimentary plot, and an explanation of how the Turtles met their Zen master uh, splinter. The most interesting part of the film for a non-Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan is the production design. The sewers and city streets above, Roy Forge Smith is the designer and seems inspired by a low-rent vision of Batman or maybe Metropolis. The city looks like a grungy backlot version of a shabby film noir, and the sewers are like a medieval dungeon. Very dark film, and one wonders after seeing it if young Turtle fans are being denied the brightness and bounciness of an earlier generation of kitty films, unquote. So I thought that was interesting. You know, me watching it back then, I didn't see it as kind of dark or uh, I, I knew there was a little bit more violence, but you don't see, you know, the, the Turtles have swords and stuff. They're not stabbing people. They're not, you know, just like the cartoon. There's always kind of some way around that. But I I watched I watched
3: the Siskel and Ebert review online of of this film and neither of them liked it. And they both kind of made that same comment of it was a dark movie. It's not really, you know, a kid movie. And I don't know if they went into this movie thinking that it was going to be kind of like the cartoon and like a Disney movie. But in general, the mutant ninja turtles aren't for kids. (laughs) The comic books, the comic books were pretty dark. They were pretty gritty. And this movie kind of uh, it emulated that. It didn't. It's it, right. You know, it wasn't sugar coated. It wasn't a bright, happy go lucky movie. It was the mutant ninja turtles.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's you bring up a good point about the comics. I mean, that's one. That's where it all started. But there's a a really interesting. There are a lot of really interesting backstories about kind of how the comics went to animation and you know how the franchise evolved. From the creator's original vision. So, um, yeah, I I have to think in the back of my mind, maybe this movie was a little bit of returning to that, like getting back to its roots and, and making right. it a little bit more dark.
3: And the origin story in this movie is the actual origin story that's in the comics. And they, mm-hmm. they switched it up a little bit in the cartoon. But the movie kind of holds true to the origin story of Splinter mm-hmm. and the turtles and... So, yeah, it's not really, it's not really, I don't, I didn't view this as a kid movie. I still don't view it. My 10 year old watched it. He loved it. He didn't say it was too dark. So, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Maybe not the, uh, you know, the young uh, audience for the animated series. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really in it that I would put it past PG, you know, what it was originally rated. So, anyway. Yeah, it doesn't do too well at Rotten Tomatoes as far as the tomato meter, 40%. But the audience score is 91%, man. (laughs) I was going to say, if they had Rotten Tomato back in the 90s, this would be 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got got people rating (laughs) it 30 years on, and they're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's kind of dumb. I always look at the audience score on that anyway. Uh, Actually won a couple awards, believe it or not. Uh, Nothing of uh, real heavy weight, but... It won the Kids' Choice Award in 1991 for Favorite Animal Star. <laughs> uh, and then uh, John DuPerez, who w- scored the film, won the BFI Film Music Award that year. And he I, it was at least enough weight to uh, allow him to score the second movie as well. But I, I don't know. I thought the score was pretty fun in this movie. It's not too over the top. And it... It comes in when it's needed, but you get some of that soundtrack too, you know, when they're at the the foot warehouse there and and some of the other places you get to hear the hammer song there and then you know of course uh turtle power at the end credits but um yeah I mean I thought that was fine uh, that was uh at least a little check mark on the good side there for them <laughs> with a couple of those words um all right let's how about we get on to some awards ourselves here? So favorite scene in the movie and since we got four people on here I'll throw out one and then we can kind of go around the virtual room here and throw out some favorite scenes and then we can choose which one is our favorite. So I'm going to first nominate the uh what I call the meditate to tequila scene which is when uh, Shredder's trying to get them all back in the sewer there and, and calm them down after they were out for the first time, and then they crank up tequila and start dancing around. you know. <laughs> I thought that was a fun scene. Um, what, what else do you guys have? Uh, Wyatt, you threw out one.
2: Oh, there's so many. Um, I think one of the more fun scenes is uh, probably when they're fixing up that old Chevy or Dodge or whatever it is where it's Donatello and uh-huh and uh Casey Jones sitting there going through the alphabet naming each other like hey, L <laughs> yeah. flips you know yeah. or whatever it is
0: it's what
1: are we up to? yeah yeah that was good i always get a chuckle out of that scene uh Stacy you got one
0: I guess the the fight at April's um you know the Foot Clan pouring in and you know michelangelo delivering the fellow chucker eh? you know yeah. like there's a lot of you know they i mean a lot of awesome fighting because you you think about these are there are people in those turtle suits that are doing all of the stunts and stuff and right. um you know i think that's a, a really big, big showcase of that
1: what's
3: one for you gary well, I like the fellow chucker scene as well, but I think I'll throw out the uh, rooftop fight scene when he's up there all alone, kind of you know mad at himself, and then the yep. the Foot Clan comes up and he you know beats up half of them and says, "How many more are <laughs> there?" And then they all just kind of <laughs> yeah. swarm in on him. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's I had that one marked down too. I called that Raphael versus the Foot. I'll go ahead and nominate just the the first look at the Foot Clan warehouse there, because I was like, oh, okay, there's that game, and there's a couple little Easter eggs in there, too, with the uh, comic books that they show, but you get to see that, you know, skate ramp, and, and just going through that whole warehouse again, I was like, oh, man, this is like a teenager's paradise from 1990 in here, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
3: and smoking cigars yeah
1: do you have any cigarettes uh (laughs) regular or menthol you know (laughs) (laughs) that was fun uh what else we got any more scenes you want to throw out there
0: yeah i think as an adult i i don't know that well i probably did because i watched this show but my the line that made me laugh the hardest when i watched it this time was um at the farm when april and casey are having their little spat you know going back and forth and
2: mm-hmm. I think
0: it's Donatello says gosh this is just like watching Moonlighting
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: and, and and I thought like there was that and there was a reference to Primatine at some point and I was thinking mm-hmm. Man, kids today watch this movie they don't know what any of this is that's
1: right yeah <laughs> the yeah, Primatine's
2: a- when uh, the, the, I can't remember his name but the A to Splinter you know he's mm, 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 little Primatine yeah. shh oh, hear that right off yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was great. Um, I also throw out just the first entrance of Shredder and that whole scene. You know, he yeah. shows up. the uh, The carpet's rolled out for him, and uh, Tatsu shows his uh, huge like knife shoulder pads, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I, that was just kind of weird. But that whole scene, you know, where he gives the uh, the the foot soldier his. Uh, I, I don't know yeah and, and the he gets the bandana or I, I i don't know the technical terms for all that but anyway and then he talks to the you know i'm this is your family and i'm your father and he gives that whole that was pretty strong i thought uh any other ones you want to throw out there
0: i would say the the origin like the the whole sequence of splinter and his master and then you know him finding the turtles and <laughs> them learning to talk and one of them just yeah. being like, radical, 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 radical. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so sweet and cute, and there's so much <laughs> about it that, like, there, I think the, I, I've always been a fan of Splinter, and that really showcases why, because not only is he wise, but he truly, truly loves these turtles as his own, and, uh-huh. it, it, and it's something that, that also comes through in, in a lot of the comics as well.
1: Sounds like a Kodak moment. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it, I mean it, it is. <laughs> well, I, one thing I noticed about that whole sequence too this time that I just never really caught on to before is just how they uh, are in the scene, and then the backlighting just kind of goes dark, and mm-hmm. then you get the little sequences there. But um, it's just kind of some cheesy, you know, just effects of killing the lighting, lighting behind the turtles to initiate those, you know, scenes and sequence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I'll throw out a couple more. I like just the scene where April's drawing them. And I don't know, just the, they're in that moment where you're getting to see each turtle kind of handle the pressure or the situation of, they don't know where Splinter is and they've kind of retreated and you've got, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember now, what is she drawing? But um, one drawing of them, uh, it's Leo, Leo's uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Drawing, drawing Raphael. Watching over Leonardo
1: actually vice the other versa way, vice versa. yeah, it's Leonardo in the chair uh, watching Raphael in the bathtub and then I think it's uh, Donatello that's she draws outside. there's actually uh, skip ahead a little bit here, but there's actually a scene I think where she draws or was meant to draw Michelangelo doing his uh, like exercises and stuff in the barn that was omitted. Uh, but I just I don't know. I thought that was fun. That uh, of course it's probably not her that's drawing, but just the getting that time and reflection there. I thought that was really great. And then the scene that always just intrigued me as a kid, or uh, uh, I don't know, just got my my wheels turning, is when they're all around the campfire, the the blue flame campfire you know, sure. scene where <laughs> they all come together mm-hmm. and meditate, and then uh, we get a uh, splinter coming in and and talking to them. As the flame turns blue and then goes back uh, after that. I thought that was a really fun moment as well. Force Ghost. Force Ghost Splinter. Force Ghost uh, Splinter. Alright, so uh, if nobody else has any other nominations, Wyatt, what would you say your your favorite uh, scene in the movie is?
2: Oh, Wow out of all those, I mean, it all depends on how you want to treat it. If you're looking for funny or serious or retrospect, um, I'd have to kind of go back where you have April kind of reflecting on the whole uh, gravity of the situation, that whole scene. It's a lengthy scene. It's probably uh, in their, in their script writing, it's probably an an act versus separate scenes. But the, uh, like you said, where they're just where they're drawing each each turtle in their moment, you know, lean on Leonardo in his moment and so forth. But I'd argue nominating that one.
1: Okay. Gary,
3: what's your favorite scene? Um, you know, I think I'll go with since they have ninja in the title <laughs> 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 I'm picking a fight scene and that that fight scene at April's the first one is pretty good, so I'll nominate that one.
1: Yeah. That's good. Stacey, what's your favorite?
0: Yeah, I, I think I would have to give it to the origin. I, the more I think about that, the more it's just, it it's the thing that sticks with me the most.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I i would say either that or the, I don't know, for some reason the campfire stuck with me all these years, but it's kind of hard to choose. But I'll choose the campfire, I guess, just to be different. Uh, okay, so we talked about a couple uh, favorite quotes or lines in the movie. The uh, oh, fellow chucker, eh? <laughs> um, what are some other favorite lines in the movie? Uh, Wyatt, I know one of your nominations at least, but we'll let you go go first on this. Well, it's the
2: funny part is it's it's sadly so almost over abused is probably the right word for it, and that's <laughs> that's the uh, pizza dude's got thirty seconds.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. I knew you had that one on your list. Uh, I remember spouting that back and forth. I don't know. Just seemingly at random. <laughs> at random, but usually at a key time,
2: we would be able to just spout them out.
1: Yeah. I also like when uh, April 1st comes down to the 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 sewer there, and she's on the couch. And I think it's Mikey that says, uh, can we keep her?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, Stacy, what's one for you? Other than the fellow chucker. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so one that, yeah, that in the moonlighting, but um, one that stuck with me for years, and I don't know why, but when Raph says, uh, you know, somebody asks him where he's going after he lost his sigh, and he, he says, uh, out to a movie, that okay with you? Like for some (laughs) reason, I used to just break that out all the time. And somebody would be like, what is that from? And I'm like, it's from Ninja Turtles. What What
1: else? (laughs) Yeah. Okay with you. Yeah. What about you, Gary? What's another one? Yeah,
3: the one I like is when they're sitting at April's house and they're watching the cartoon of the tortoise yes! and the hare. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ninja kick the damn rabbit! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the hare keeps winning. He's like, ninja kick the damn rabbit! <laughs> yeah. I swear, yeah. I remember Can renting actually, that yeah. and rewinding <laughs> that scene like yeah. many, many times just to hear him say, ninja kick the damn rabbit! Yeah. Uh, love that. Um, that I, most of my lines are Mikey's. So uh, yeah. the yeah. other one is... Um, Well, I think it's Mikey, but I can't. It might be uh, one of the other ones when they meet uh, Casey Jones. Who is that? Wayne Gretzky on steroids? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other one is
3: when they're waiting for the pizza, and this is probably why Domino's was in the movie and not Pizza Hut is so they could have the shtick for you know the pizza took longer than thirty minutes.
1: Right, right.
3: But they're down there like wise men say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a late pizza.
1: Yeah, (laughs) great line. Any others you want to throw out? There's the. It's more of a scene. It's almost
2: um, nonverbal, but it's when when uh, Casey and, and uh, April are sitting there, kind of putting the ointment or whatever lotion on her, and then the turtle, <laughs> you know, going for something in the ointment, and he's like, and then they pull out a bottle of turtle wax. Yeah. But even though it's yeah. not a verbal one, it's still to me a a line in it, you know. <laughs> yeah crazy Mikey
1: yep gag the quintessential one I think is uh God, I love being a turtle yes. you know yeah <laughs> so that Ducks should, his head uh, down to avoid getting hit yeah that's uh another line that's uh used a lot um any other ones we want to we want to go ahead and give the award out here stacy what do you uh what do you think is your favorite line from the movie?
0: Oh, um you know I'm gonna say the 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 wise man and the the late pizza. That's that's yeah. that that is that's a classic line.
1: Yeah, it's great. Wyatt, what's yours?
0: I, I'm
2: gonna have to stick to the oldie but a goodie pizza dude's got thirty seconds.
1: Okay. And Gary.
3: Um yeah, I think I'll go with the uh never pay full price for the
1: late pizza. Yeah, that's uh it's quintessential. I'll say, uh, God, I love being a turtle, but um, yeah. that line is great. The sad right. thing
3: is, both of the pizza quotes like carry no weight nowadays because there's That's no right, right, yeah. there's no thirty minutes or, <laughs> or you total. get a free kind of pizza. Right. <laughs> so everyone's watching the movies like, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we usually do award who stole the show in a minor role. So outside of say the turtles and. Uh, I guess maybe April, Uh, who would you nominate as uh, a a scene stealer almost uh, throughout the movie? I brought down a couple here, but uh, anxious to hear what you guys think. Uh, Gary, I think the police chief.
3: Yeah. The police chief was kind of, he's like a caricature of Mm -hmm. all police chiefs. He's kind of larger than life and maybe a, a little bit of a crook, you know, kind of that New York kind of gritty kind of cop. And he was, he was pretty good in that role. Um, but maybe overall, I would say Tatsu was pretty good as in a in a minor yeah. role. His role was pretty minor, but I thought it was pretty
1: good. For- I also had him down as well. Um, just uh, his scenes were so, I, I don't know. They're just, when he does the uh, clench of the fist thing, you know, he's just, for lack of a better word, he's such a badass. And yeah. he, <laughs> he closes the fist and then they all rush around him, you know. And Would then I, this the scene where he's uh, kind of teaching that kid a lesson, you know, they go after it. He says, good. And he bows and he kicks him in the head and never lower your eyes to an enemy. You know, Yeah. The, what he I was, found
3: interesting was the voice was dubbed in. So they had the right. actor, but then they had someone else like do the voice and dubbed it in over his uh, over his, oh. I guess, acting or whatever. And yeah. what I don't know if it was if he couldn't speak English well enough for the movie yet, because it was. I think it was like his third movie in America at the time. Mm-hmm. Or, but it just seemed weird that they would dub over. I mean, even if he had broken English, he was a Japanese character. So let him have broken English. It seemed like it would work anyway. Right,
1: right. Yeah. I, I never really understood that as well. Unless it's, you know, in Japanese or something, but. You know, yeah, right. Not? Unless he
3: speaks no English, then I guess there's an issue. But
1: <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh, What about you, Stacey, for a minor role character?
0: I mean, I. I my being a fan of this guy colors my pick anyway because i love him but i would have to say sam rockwell i one when i was watching the movie at prep to prep for the show i had forgotten he was in the movie so i yelled oh my god it's sam rockwell and also <laughs> like that it's just it's weird to see him that young, but he yeah. he brings a lot to the scenes that he's in as he does in everything that he does. But um, you know, he's definitely a minor minor character, but he he did a lot for my viewing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Wyatt?
2: I'd have to actually uh, side with Gary on this in that you know you, you got Raymond Sarah, which is Chief Sterns. Like you said, he's kind of a scene stealer, especially in the, the, right where he said there are you trying to tell me how to do my job yeah, you know right yeah uh to me that was a good scene stealer and i would it'd be a toss-up between him and and uh what's his name the guy that played tatsu like you said yeah. that one almost like one word but it was so impactful there was such a scene stealer so mm-hmm. it's if you're nominating that's big by nominations but who to pick i i wouldn't even tell you <laughs> okay that was the right one to pick <laughs>
1: One other one I wrote down just because I I just love the character is Casey Jones and his his uh, just scenes and lines I love in the movie and him and, you know, April back and forth a little bit there at the farm. And I I would say he's more of a minor role in the movie uh, than some of the other characters. But I don't don't know. know. He He played more
2: of a bigger role than he's not obviously the star.
1: Yeah, but. I don't know if I don't know if you could classify Medium him role. as a minor role, but <laughs> I did. Yeah. So I I would definitely give the award to Tatsu. I I just thought he was great. Um, uh, a great character and menacing and still at this at the same time, you know, when he's kinda going through the warehouse there at one point and somebody like runs into him and he just kinda go looks at him and play. he's like, Oh yeah, go play. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was fun. So Wonder if he could um, beat
2: up Mr. T. I don't that know. That would've been a nice match.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so it sounds like we're pretty set on uh, maybe Tatsu there and and uh, Sam Rockwell for you, Stacy, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Since you're a fan of him,
0: I'll concede, uh, I'll concede Tatsu. He he's definitely a good part of it too.
1: Okay. Uh, it's funny we didn't, you know, even think of Shredder or anything. I mean, he was he was good in the scenes, and like I said, I was uh, I had forgotten how much martial arts was in there at the end when they face off against him. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I like Tatsu actually more. Yeah. So and for Shredder being the
3: ultimate bad guy and the nemesis of the turtles, he has a very minor role in the movie.
1: Right. <laughs> sure. Right. And it's usually that way. It's weird. Uh, Even in, you know, some of the the newer reboots there I was telling you about. It's just, it's, you barely see them. I guess he just sends the
3: Foot Clan out and let them do the work. Right. That's
1: it. All right. uh, Who would you nominate as the MVP of the movie? And, you know, including just as far as the Turtle characters that go and kind of the main actors with April and, um. For me, it's it's Mikey all the way. I'm watching this movie to watch Mikey. I, I just love his lines, and uh, he's kind of you know the the more upbeat one of the turtles. And even in the cartoon series, he was. But and I'm sure he is in the, you know, kind of in the other incarnations he is too. But I've always been a fan of him, so he's my kind of MVP for the movie. Uh, Wyatt, what do you think? Who are you watching this movie for? Who is your MVP?
2: Well. I- I grew up loving Mikey. I'm a comedian at heart, and I love watching just the lines that he throws out. but i the last few times I've watched it, which that's very few and far between, I've come to like Raphael in that he he's the one that actually has all the emotions on his sleeve, mm-hmm. you know most of the time he's just pissed off and angry at the <laughs> world. but you know, you see his temper, but you see his kind of worry. For Splinter, although it's more of a pent-up anger, but you see more worry. And I'm I'm not sure, but I think it's him that tears up when they have their uh, called spiritual reunion with Splinter. Uh-huh. I think it's him that they put the waterworks on him.
1: Now, so, I'm, I was going to say, I'll interrupt you for a second because I was always thinking it was Mikey – that runs up the hillside there and screams splinter. But this time when I watched it, it sounded like Raphael. It's Raphael. So, that's what I mean. It, it, it's finally like he has
2: that panic of where the heck are you splinter? And that's what connected him, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, that For me, he's, he's more because he's the one that's, it, like I said, he has his emotions on his sleeve and he's just anyway.
1: What about uh, you, Stacy? as far as your MVP?
0: um, You know, as much as Mikey is my favorite, I have to say Raphael. I mean, he's the one that has the, the most of a journey. I mean, I think they all mature a lot as the movie goes on, but, but Raph is really the one that bears the brunt of the emotions. Right.
3: What about you, Gary. Yeah, well, so Wyatt swayed me toward Raphael. With that. <laughs>
2: so, I was trying but, not to be the salesperson here. Yeah,
3: I know, but my original pick would have been um, Splinter. He's the you know yeah. the wise old man. He's kind of the reason they have their quest. He gets you know mm-hmm. he's gone and and they want to save him. He raised the turtles. Um, you know he's kind of like the Mister Miyagi of the show. And uh,
2: that's a great. I think,
3: I, think I, I like you know they give him the wise things to say. And, and even when he's right. trying to talk to Danny and bring Danny back around to the, the good side and, and have him leave the yes. Foot clan, he's, he's, you know, advising him on his dad still loves him and, you know, look at, look at things a different way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I could, I could be swayed toward Raphael now too. <laughs> 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 but overall for the... me, for me, it was splinter. I kind of like that wise old man role yeah. he
1: has. Well, those scenes with Danny were great Um, in there and when he's uh, kind of chained up there and uh, even the, I, I think he just peers in that one time when they're smacking around. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I <laughs> I guess I gravitate towards the comedy or the, the fun parts of the movie, but I'll agree. There's a lot of people I know actually that, you know, it's all about Raphael and his journey and how the development of that character goes from the beginning of the movie to the end. So it's uh. It's fun. It's fun to see who people connect with. You know, it's it's weird. Like the, the probably the most recognizable name with the movie is Corey Feldman, but just going back and hearing his voice and stuff and and what he does, w- what Donatello does throughout the movie, I'm like, that's I not don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not a uh, it's not him, and it's it's weird that he got Donatello versus maybe Raphael or you know right. one of the other ones. I, um, I mm-hmm. read
3: somewhere that he was only paid like fifteen hundred bucks to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. I've got and that he, fact.
1: I've got yeah, that fact. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs>
3: he's he's coming off some of the biggest movies of his career, like The Goonies and yeah. uh, you know all these, and like <laughs> they get him for nothing. Yeah, that's it's right.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. All right, well let's keep moving along. We usually put in here. Was this the actors or actresses of the movie? Was this their best movie? Well, there's not really much. <laughs> Not really much to work with here. You know, obviously, I don't think we're going to put this as anybody's best movie. Maybe Judith Hogue, but she hasn't had a a real lengthy career. She was actually in, uh, she had a small part in Armageddon. And then, like we talked about Cadillac, man, she actually had three movies released in 1990, which she was a part of. But um, I don't know. I thought she did a great job in the movie as April. And we were watching the. I don't think she was invited back for the other couple movies. No, she wasn't in the sequel. Yeah, so I'm not sure what the whole history is there. But I heard uh, she
3: complained too much about
1: uh, the shooting schedule of this first movie. Really?
3: And that she thought it was too violent. Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, um, when I think about April, I kind of think about her, and uh, there's even some Easter eggs in the movie when she's first on scene and she has that yellow like raincoat. And I, I think she fits the, the bill pretty well, but um, I'm not going to dive too deep into uh, <laughs> the other roles here. Um, unless y'all think, you know, did you have anything written down here or wanted to make a comment?
0: I do think there, there are two that I would nominate, and I would say even though he's more well-known for Elmo – um kevin clash as splinter that's probably his best movie role i mean i think there was an elmo movie but i'd say that was probably his best and and then robbie wrist who was the voice of michelangelo and probably more well known for being cousin oliver on the brady bunch and also Mm -hmm. more well known to me for being on kid video um (laughs) but but i'd say in terms of movies um i when i looked at his movie credits i think the only other thing other than the Turtles movies, that was well-known was uh, Sharknado. So <laughs> I would argue that maybe his role as Michelangelo would be his his best movie credit.
1: Yeah, he was at uh, RetroCon last year. Mm-hmm. Wyatt, you remember? I do. So uh, yeah, he's doing the the touring there based on all those credits that you mentioned, which is fun. All right, let's go on to... I got a few casting what-ifs here I wanted to, to talk to you guys about there were several people considered for the role of Casey Jones. I'm going to go through the list here and see if there's one that pops out. Like, Ooh, he would have been a good Casey Jones, Johnny Depp, Keanu Reeves, Christian Slater, Lou Diamond Phillips, Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick, Brian Austin, green, Alex winter, Gary Daniels and river Phoenix. They were all considered for the role of Casey Jones. (laughs) Um, any of those kind of pop out at you? I, I would say none. of
3: All but one of those would have been hard to get in that part of their career just because of the low budget for this film. But um, for me, the one that I think stands out is Gary Daniels, who does a lot of the, we'll just say, lower budget kind of martial arts films. Mm-hmm. And he's, he has a martial artist background. So I think he'd have been good as a Casey Jones. And they might have been able to showcase... I guess add Casey Jones more in a martial arts kind of role instead of just swinging a bat around.
2: Well, what's funny is I never really knew much about Casey Jones until it was the. I'm basing it off the cartoon because I don't yeah. remember there being a Casey Jones in the cartoon maybe one or two times.
1: Yeah, it was. And very it was an
2: oddball to see him in the movie. I'm like, who is this nut job? <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But <laughs> at the same time, now looking back and seeing and and you listing the names. I like that, that he's the everyday guy. He's not really the ninja. He's just right.
0: Yeah. Someone with, uh,
2: with his sports paraphernalia to, to smack the bad guy and, you know, up the upside the head and go, what are you thinking about (laughs) that? I like, I like that kind of nuance now. But if you were to ask me like a kid, uh, if I was a kid, I would have said, who's this guy? So
3: yeah, this um, is kind of the perfect vigilante. He just takes what he has in his garage and exactly, you know, that's right, that's a right. A bat, yeah. a hockey stick, <laughs> <laughs> starts beating on people. Tell me,
2: you didn't pay money for this? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I got, yeah. I got. That's funny because he has a Jose Canseco bat, and Jose Canseco <laughs> was just a huge star back in 1990. So that's I don't know right. if it's because it was filmed in New York and they didn't like the West Coast, and, <laughs> and they're like, ah, we don't like Jose Canseco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: There's another <laughs> reference that uh, kids won't get nowadays, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, he he was sparse on the the cartoon, and I just thought his personality went well with just what what he had in the movie. And I, I do agree with you, Wyatt, that just having him as more of an unknown actor instead of somebody that would essentially be a scene stealer just yeah. for uh, his face. <laughs> I thought it worked well. I think any of those guys you listed
3: off, you know, River Phoenix for sure. I mean, he would—he was a huge star at the time, but even all those guys were coming off of some great movies and a, and a good career and put them in the movie, and then the movie would have been about Casey Jones and not about the Ninja Turtles.
1: Very, very yeah. true. Okay, so uh, here's a few considered for the role of April O'Neil, I read. And, of course, these are the bigger-name stars. That, like you said, would have taken away (laughs) probably three-quarters of the budget. Uh, Jennifer Beals, Marissa Tomei, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Melanie Griffith, Sean Young, Lorraine Bracco, Winona Ryder, and Brooke Shields. There's your...
0: uh... (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: So they could have put... uh... Uh, you said Johnny
3: Depp for the other one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they could have put Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder in this movie.
2: (laughs) They'd have like (laughs) three movies
3: coming out in the same year together.
2: (laughs) I think, I think
3: Edward Scissorhands came out this year too, didn't it?
1: And they were in that. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, as far as just by appearance, probably Nicole Kidman would be good for April. She's got Um, the red hair. Yeah. Right. Right. And, And I, I, as far as uh, any of the other ones, though, I I don't know.
3: <laughs> Jennifer Beals would probably be uh, Flashdance fame. Right. She probably would have been. She wasn't. You know, she didn't have a great career at the time. Maybe I don't know. But yeah. So she wouldn't have been maybe the bigger scene stealer. Um, who true. else? Yeah. Marissa yeah. Tomei. I don't, when did my cousin Vinny come out? Which this 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 was before, before. that. Four.
1: Yeah. This was before. Yeah.
3: So yeah. yeah.
0: So she was At least. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I liked I liked the Judith because she was kind of like the she wasn't the the overly pretty. She was the girl next door type of mm-hmm. appearance, and that's what I liked about her character versus the sequels because mm-hmm. you know she was more the the uh, prettier face uh, Hollywood look, if that's the right way way to put it. Um, I liked that girl next door s- style that. Judith was cast for.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think having uh, newer actors and actresses play April and Casey Jones let the turtles kind of shine. It didn't take away from them, and and you know those two characters while are important to the movie are a kind of a minor role to the turtles.
1: All right, I'm I'm saving the best for last here. As far as uh, <laughs> this is so ridiculous, as far as casting what ifs. The first pitch that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird got for the film, who are the creators of the Turtles, was from Roger Corman, New World Pictures, the you know infamous B movie guy. The the (laughs) idea (laughs) yeah, okay. So here's here's the idea. The idea was to have the turtles played by four comedians who were popular at the time Gallagher, Sam Kennison, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and Billy Crystal. I, I, wow. just, Bobcat, holy cow, yeah, <laughs> whatever happened That'd to him. By the can way, can you imagine that? I mean, in, uh, stature, the... <laughs> in stature, you know, the turtles were supposed to be a little bit smaller and. That most of these guys are kind of small, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's just the craziest idea I've ever heard. That would have killed Sam the Kennessy movie going,
3: franchise. Getting all <laughs> that,
0: that might yeah. have killed the movie industry. Yeah, yeah that, yes. They might have <laughs> just <laughs> shut it down. I think there's
3: a Roger Corman version of the Fantastic Four out there somewhere that's just hideous, too.
0: It's or awful. I've it heard, is yeah. so bad. So he
3: made some, well, he made some movies. We'll say, yeah,
0: some, he sure
3: did. None, none sure that makes. He, I don't think a teenage, well, especially with that cast, that have been, that have been horrendous.
1: Yeah. All right. Did you all have any kind of unanswered questions or flaws you noticed with the movie? Uh, not getting too deep in this, but uh, just anything in your rewatch. I'll say. You know, this time that you just kind of left you like, huh, wonder why they did this or they never, you know, came back around and completed that thought or something. Uh, just turtle anybody. Van. Oh, um, yes.
2: <laughs> again, me, me watching as a kid. Right. We uh, all loved that turtle van because, you know, cars were equally a star on the shows. So whatever happened to turtle van, I saw the nice little gesture because they're after the when they're running away in the VW bus from the fire at, at right. April's place. But that was all it, All it was was just a nod. And I don't remember seeing it in the two and three movies. So I was a little yeah. pissed off there.
1: Oh my <laughs> Come on, I know it is such a staple in the cartoon. And it's nice that it at least gave it the nod in the movie. But uh, that's something you get a little bit more of. Uh, not necessarily the traditional look, but uh, you do get a turtle van in the, the more recent reboot movies. Uh, anything else, you guys?
0: um and, the, and it's such a minor detail but after uh the beginning of the movie when april gets jumped and it's the next morning and uh-huh. her boss is kind of fussing at her and she pulls a band-aid off and there's a bruise like who bandages a bruise <laughs> like that was why
2: my three-year-old you know, does that wound
0: on her yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did she? Yeah, did she go to like triage with a toddler and she just, you know, put band aids on her? I don't know. Like that. That should not bug me, but it did.
1: I didn't uh, have
3: any. I thought the okay.
1: movie was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't get too uh, too deep into, and I'm I'm not a critic by any means, and I don't even really care about continuity uh, taking tv 101 in college ruined me for a lot of reasons and (laughs) just scene to scene you know kind of stuff but i've tried to get that out of my head and just enjoy the movie for what it is so uh, i did not notice really anything in this watching of it so anybody want to take a stab at the the next incarnation i mean they've done so much with the turtles even you know new comic book series and all the the rebooted movies um any thoughts on what should the next incarnation be of the turtles?
0: I would kind of, and, and this goes to the toys, but I would love to see them do, and I guess they kind of did it with like turtles in time, but something where, you know, there's all these themed turtles. Like there's the, you know, if if you watch the Nick cartoon, and I guess they did this in the old line too, where they had like kind of d d themed Uh turtles and they did that or like the you know they like the old toys they have the uh you know rap and mikey and like the rock stars or just things like that where they just made a movie almost like a into the spider-verse kind of thing where Uh maybe they have all these like a multiverse of ninja turtles and they all are different you know like there's a there's a world out there where they're all cowboys and there's a world out there where they're all singers or different things. Like, I think that could be a lot of fun just to explore some of the zaniness of, of the toy line.
1: Yeah. There was what the, uh, they had the whole Dracula and Frankenstein versions. And, uh, one thing that came to mind to me is back, uh, in the, the cartoon series, back when we got the, uh, it's kind of the tra- the time travel or planet travel with uh, Krang and all that. And I remember there being an episode where they were on like a turtle planet. And it was just nothing but turtles. It looked a little bit different than, you know, the everybody's <laughs> ninja gear. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of liking your path where we can get to a point where there's a lot more than just the four. And somehow there's just, you know, a whole planet of turtles or something. <laughs> That we could kind of explore that, you know, maybe there's some bad turtles. I think there was, you know, there's the, uh, well, (laughs) they're not really turtles, but they had kind of like the anti-turtle gang in a couple of the episodes, if memory serves me correctly. But, yeah, you know, instead of just, it's always Shredder and Krang, you got a a bad group of turtles you can have fun with, too, you know, work into the, the universe, so... Anybody else want to throw out anything out there for the next step? I think it'd be kind of neat. I know
2: they, I have a source spot when it comes to rebooting it, you know, fifty times, like Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. But I would have liked to have seen a reboot similar to what this is. But uh, I guess, and my thought is, we see a, like a little glimpse of the origin of both Shredder and Splinter. Mm-hmm. but maybe look at it from splinter's point of or i'm sorry shredder's point of view what except mm-hmm. for the the girl i mean maybe there's more to it maybe they were best buddies uh i'm sorry i'm sorry not splinter but splinter's uh, original master mm-hmm. and then that is the foundation of more of a foundational viewpoint mm-hmm. then we somehow get into the the fight the cage and, and, you know, we get into the, the mysterious ooze and all that. I don't know that the, if your idea would work because the whole idea of, of the turtles was that they were mutated. Right. Yeah. Out of the ooze. Uh, it's not like the planet of the apes concept. But, <laughs> I um, don't know.
1: Maybe I want a planet of the turtles. Yeah. Whatever yeah. <laughs> you do, That's fine with me. And
2: just call it the turtle world or. Yeah. Turtle. Planet. Um,
1: yeah. They they take like a lot of liberties, I, so yeah. <laughs> I like that
3: idea. It could be like a prequel movie of how right, uh, right.
1: How Yoshi yeah.
3: and and uh, know, what was his name? O- Oroku Splinter, yeah. or Shredder. Yeah. How they
2: Iroka were Suki. friends
3: and how they grew up, and then how they clashed over this girl, right. and how how one killed the other, and how he became Shredder himself. Yeah, that might not be a bad.
2: I'm I'm big on origin, origin story. stories, especially when I get older. Jason knows this. That I like the how did it come to be when i've watched some of these new dvds right they they have deleted scenes and when you see the deleted scene you're like man that piece now makes sense if you would have kept the scene in there
1: <laughs> right yeah
2: that a to b would have made perfect sense or whatever that is i i, I can't think of any of the time I, off the top of my head but there's been some dvds that they've cut a few scenes out and i'm like geez now that makes sense but why'd you cut it Obviously, it's probably because of time or the director said, "Ah, eh, we don't need that two seconds of whatever it was.
3: Right.
2: But I like the origin story. I like knowing how we get to get again, again that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was focused on the turtles point of view. But they could have done something like, you know, the shredder and called it that.
3: Yeah. You know? Well, even if they, and then they. we
2: get into the turtles
3: and they sort of showed his killing, you know, Splinter's owner. Right. But how does that cause him to become shredder? I mean,
0: <laughs> right, so, all, right. you, so
3: you kill your best friend, and now all of a sudden you're wearing, you know, knife on your hand, and like, <laughs> what's the neck What's the step that we didn't see that made that transformation happen?
1: Yeah,
2: right. Did he have a fascination with can openers? Or- yeah, yeah. I bet
1: he did, never needs a can opener. <laughs> yeah, that was a line yeah. we missed. Maybe was, yeah. <laughs> I
3: don't know. But yeah, there's a, there's definitely a step in between when he killed Yoshi and the rat attacks him and becoming shredder. Like uh, there's, I don't yeah. know. And shredder. this wasn't his origin story, so it didn't matter, but there's that definitely a missing step in the movie on, or in mm-hmm. his, in his story on how that, or why that happened.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. The last part of our podcast here, I've got all of our facts and tidbits about the movie. Did you know that I've dug up here? So uh, sit back and you can uh, tell me if you're surprised by any of this or, or, maybe turned off or I don't know. <laughs> uh, the The <laughs> first fact was what you already mentioned, Gary was that pizza hut engaged in a $20 million marketing campaign tied into the film, despite the fact that Domino's was the product placement in the film itself. So I didn't, I've it never connected with me until I was doing the research for the movie that, Hey, it's Domino's in the movie, but pizza hut had all the crap. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the opening to the movie was actually supposed to be bigger and longer. More uh, scenes of them stealing stuff across the city, and then an extended entrance with the turtles. Now, in the trailer, we get to see like the shells popping up out of the river, which we never get to see actually in the movie. But um, according to the director, Steve Barron just didn't have the budget to pull it off. So what I thought. What was that the budget was on this movie? You know? It was $13.5 Thir- it says. $13.5 that's right. Um, that's pretty low yeah, budget. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to obviously make some cuts. But, yeah, that I think that would have been fun kind of maybe doing a, a more extended scene there. The turtles pop up, and you get some just kind of shadow scenes with them where they'll, you know, take care of some people that are looting and stealing and, and stuff across the city without kind of revealing their faces or, or you know or anything yet. I thought that would have been fun. Um so yeah we mentioned this is this one as well. Judith hoag was not asked to reprise her role as April in the film sequels due to her own personal complaining, particularly about the six day a week schedule and the amount of violence in the movie, which I believe you mentioned, Gary. The actors who physically portrayed the Turtles also had cameo roles in the film. So Josh Payas, who plays Raphael, and the only one who did both the physical acting and the voice, he plays the passengers in the back of the taxi cab as uh, Raphael hops over. And the guy asks him, you know, what was that thing? That's that's Josh <laughs> Pais. <laughs> Uh, Micklin Sisti, who plays Michelangelo, plays the pizza delivery man who delivers the pizza to the Turtles in the sewer. Nice. Leaf Tilden, who plays Donatello, plays the foot messenger that meets April in the subway station there. And then David Foreman, who plays Leonardo, was one of the gang members in the warehouse during Casey's fight with Tatsu. This was interesting. Robin Williams, who was a big fan of the Turtles franchise as far as the, the comic books go, provided Judith Hogue with information regarding her character through his comic book collection. And the mm-hmm. two were co-starring in Cadillac Man when the Turtles film went into production. So there's a little tidbit there. Robin Williams was a Turtles fan. Uh, originally, Steve Barron wished to replicate April O'Neil's jumpsuit look from the comics and the uh, cartoon series. The look was going to more closely resemble the cartoon with the yellow colored jumpsuit and her big head of red hair. However, Judith found that the jumpsuit was horrifying and the idea <laughs> was nixed. And then that's where we get the yellow raincoat at the beginning of the movie, just as in homage to you know what the original costume or, or what she played in the, in the cartoon series.
3: Jim I think Henson... she would have wore a, a jumpsuit through the whole movie. It would have been tough to get a, a romance going with Casey Jones. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, that was uh... a
3: <laughs> good point she, there. She looked dumpy the whole movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Jim Henson, whose workshop provided the movie turtle costumes, was reportedly upset about the level of violence in the finished movie. While well, he was proud to have helped advance the art of animatronics, he viewed uh, the violence as excessive, pointless, and not his style. However, Steve Barron, the director, was also the director of a pilot episode of The Storyteller in 1987, which kind of set the tone for the entire series, and Henson agreed to do it as a sort of favor to him. Uh, this was also the last theatrical film that Jim Henson himself uh, was associated with, as he died about a month and a half after the film's release. So there's a little fact toy for you. I didn't realize it was Jim Henson behind the uh, the turtles there. Uh, So I
3: wonder if so that's the second person with the film that didn't like the violence. And I think uh in the Ebert and Siskel and Ebert review, they mentioned the violence as well. Right. With a a movie about Ninja Turtles, (laughs) what did they think was going to happen? Right. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and Judith too. Bound to be. There's bound to be some violence in a movie with ninjas.
1: Right. right. I mean, did they not watch the, did they not prep and watch some of the cartoons and see how they handle the, you know, there's still some fighting and stuff. And even in yeah, the cartoons. Right. So. I mean, did they not
3: read the script? <laughs>
0: like, well, since they're ninjas, maybe they thought they wouldn't see the violence. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, so it would all happen. Like when she gets mugged the first time and all the lights go out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what happened? Uh, ninjas. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ninjas happened. Here's the fun fact. The Foot Clan hideout was filmed in an abandoned cement factory called the Ideal Cement Factory outside of Wilmington, North Carolina in Castle Hayne. This location was also used as the set for Dino Hatton in Super Mario Bros. and the Top Dollars nightclub in The Crow. Uh, wouldn't have... Well, I haven't watched Super Mario Brothers enough to <laughs> compare... Uh, I have seen The Crow, uh, wouldn't have guessed anything about that either, but there's a, that's a fun fact for you. Okay, yes, now you mentioned Corey Feldman here. He was offered 1500 bucks to do the voice work for the film, and he accepted believing the producers who told him that this was a small, low-budget, independent film, hoping that it would have moderate success on VHS if they were lucky. <laughs> so that's, that's what they fed him, and then it blew up, and... Whoops. Sorry about that, Corey. (laughs) Um, The scene where Raphael exits the movie theater was originally going to be different. He would have commented looking up as uh, Batman was showing at the theater and saying, cool car, stupid costume. (laughs) Um, That would have been good. It was still in... uh, theaters as they were filming the movie so fun little tidbit there Uh, towards the end of the movie one of the street punks tells the police chief to check out the east warehouse over on lairdman island well that's uh a little easter egg to kevin eastman and peter laird the creators of the turtles uh and then the old farmhouse that april casey and the turtles hide out in after the uh, fire at the antique store was really located in Massachusetts, Northampton, which is the city where Kevin Laird and Peter Eastman actually met and created the franchise. Believe it or not. I don't know if they like handpicked that out or how that uh, came about, but it was uh, in their hometown. And then just a couple more things here before we wrap up. As far as deleted scenes and trailer only scenes, There was an alternate ending actually to the movie and it's shown on the German release with April and Danny pitching the turtles as a comic book to a publisher in like uh, April's apartment. (laughs) So, uh, you know, just a little tie in there with the, the comic book history and everything. I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. Um, (laughs) There is a, an extended fight scene at the antique store. Actually, there's, Uh, On that German release, there's small clips of uh, extra fights with each turtle and actually April helping out, like pulling a rug out from under the foot soldiers and uh, just some other little extended fight clips in there that makes that scene a little bit longer. Uh, There's also a deleted scene with Shredder and his first appearance that was uh, seemingly against those four kids that get arrested at the beginning for mugging April, and he's kind of trying to make an example out of them, so... After the rug is laid out for Shredder, he sits down and all those four guys kind of come at them and he just beats them up while just sitting down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen uh, some clips here and and there's that footage, uh, maybe like, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds I've seen on YouTube that uh, kind of shows this. But uh, there's also a lot in the comic book adaptation of the movie. And it seems like there were some scenes that were set up to mirror that that just never went down. Like uh, there's an extended scene after uh, Raphael and Casey Jones meet up and, you know, Raph goes after him. And there's a, like a showdown in an alleyway with the two. And it actually is – there's a <laughs> – I thought this was fun. The old Panini sticker books, you know, you remember those? <laughs> there's actually a scene <laughs> – a scene uh, like uh, a shot from the movie of them that sets up that alleyway confrontation and even some uh, verbiage in the sticker book (laughs) that talks about it. Uh, And also in the comic book adaptation. And then that's where we get that uh, extra sketch of Michelangelo working out in the barn. That's in the comic book adaptation as well. So for whatever reason, those scenes were cut, maybe budget or whatever length of the movie. Uh, But it's was pretty sure that they were shot. And then Wyatt going back to the van, after they uh have that showdown in the antique store, there should be a scene, at least from the comic book adaptation, of them exiting the store and actually loading Raph into the van. So that was I guess just shortened down to them speeding away, you know, after the antique store is is gone. So any more scenes with the van? I think would have would have been fun to get that, but that's all I've got as far as our facts and did you know comments for the show. Any other thoughts uh, before we go as far as uh, uh, the movie goes or, or anything else? Uh, do you think it's still one that you'll uh, keep revisiting over the years as you see it on Netflix, uh, Stacy?
0: <laughs> yeah, I I totally can. I it, it held up. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I, I didn't know what to expect if it would hold up, but it totally does. It's completely rewatchable.
1: What about you, Wyatt?
2: Totally agree. I I enjoy this, like I said, I, even during tax time. I It's hard <laughs> to be, for me to actually do the work at hand while rewatching The Turtles.
3: Gary? Yeah, I agree. It's a good movie, and when I watched it uh, this time with my son, he's 10, and he's cracking up, laughing out loud, you know, with the Two of the turtles smash one of the Foot Clan in their shells, you know, just yep, kind of yep. the shell bump, and and he totally enjoyed it. So it was a it was a good movie. I'd watch it again. And I think yep. in in general on the Ninja Turtles to get a, a good background on them, the Netflix series, the toys that made us.
1: Oh yes, yeah, that was a great. Uh,
3: yeah. They have a Ninja Turtle episode on that, and it kind of it has the two creators. Talk about how they created it, kind of their falling out, and how the cartoon and movies were made. So that's a that's a good episode if you want to get a background on the Ninja Turtles without, uh, you know, reading all the comics. <laughs>
1: sure, yeah, I've seen a couple of videos, watched a couple of videos over there on YouTube as well of uh, kind of the uh, the history, or uh, I think one was just maybe on the deleted scenes, about a nine or ten minute video. And talks more about the German uh, release and, and all the goodies that were there and you get to see some of those uh, stills and, and footage uh, that we didn't get to see in the movie so I'd direct some people over there too but I've seen that uh, The Toys That Made Us episode and it is pretty great uh, as far as the whole uh, origin of the turtles and, and leading up to the movie and everything but for me it just seems like it's it's one, it's, pro- it's probably the favorite one of the mega turtle fans out there that, that we'll go back to. And they're still, I mean, look at some of those action figures that they've made in the last couple of years from the movie that are pretty glorious and huge and very detailed. Uh, I think one I saw maybe this year at Toy Fair or maybe last year was Raph in his full, uh, jacket, you know, and costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the trench coat um, looked incredible so anytime I see those I'm like oh I need to go back and watch the movie again you know so I don't think any of that uh, merchandise is going away around this movie and, and probably the next movie uh, the, the second the sequel but um, that's kind of what keeps me pumped about it and even though I don't have any traditional viewings throughout the year it seems like it does come out at least once a year at some point and even my boys will say, let's watch uh, let's watch the turtles or something, or I'll suggest it, and they'll be like, okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. So I think you're right, Gary. It does still translate well to that age group that we were back then, yep. uh, to our kids now. So uh, this was a fun time, guys. Thanks for joining me on the drive-in. Uh, I'm gonna put a link to all your Twitter profiles in the show notes at GeekyVixen with an underscore at InfamousWB for Wyatt there and uh mile high samurai for gary and uh invite you to connect with them but for now this is jason uh you can find me at rd80s on twitter and of course at tier on social is our retro network account you can find us there and tell us what you thought Uh, if we missed any facts in there you want to throw in and and add a little bit more to the drive-in or uh maybe some ones that you did not know about and uh would like to comment about please do And uh, we'll be sure to respond to you. But for these guys, this is Jason Cowabunga, dudes. This was so much fun. And uh, we will see you next time on the drive in. (laughs) (laughs)
2: This reporter was hot on the trail,
3: determined to put these crooks in jail.